Sunday morning discussion on weekend view. Thank you very much for those comments. Keep them coming. Be part of this conversation all the way through to 7 o'clock this morning. So let's dig a little bit deeper. Uh, The Sports, Arts and Culture Department this week made a sudden and dramatic U-turn when it announced it will review its proposed flag project worth 22 million rand. It comes after South Africans voiced their frustration regarding the amount proposed to be spent and the cause. The 100-meter flagpole was meant to be erected at Freedom Park in Pretoria in a move that was supposed to promote social cohesion and tourism. Well, I tell you what, in a sense, it has, (laughs) but not in the raising of the flag, in its opposition. Minister Nati Mtetwa's critics have called on President Cyril Ramaphosa to fire him. You heard that call coming through now as well, suggesting the same. The President has since instructed the Minister to cancel the project. Ditaba Tsotsetsi has uh, the full story. Sport, Arts and Culture Minister Nati Mtetwa has reversed his decision around the monumental flag. The department says it has taken note of public discourse that has unfolded as a result of the project worth 22 million rand. This happens as the country is battling with a number of socio-economic challenges. It is not the first time Minister Mtetwa has come under fire as police minister. Then there was the Americana massacre where over 40 minors were gunned down by police. Some felt he could have ensured that the police handled the situation better. I feel like he can invest, first of all he can invest in education. Because like I'm a, I'm a student uh, at varsity, there's other kids that do not have bursaries. They are sleeping outside, they don't have accommodation. No, I don't think it's a good idea at all. Because like, it doesn't make sense that in SA we're struggling with uh, unemployment. Also, um, ESCOM, there's load shedding. And um, uh, graduates are graduating, but there are no jobs. But um, the minister wants to spend a lot of money on uh, a flag, 22 million. It's really unreasonable. So. I don't think it's uh, such a good idea at all. Political analyst Ongama Mtimga says the department must relook its own priorities. Many people rank lack of recreational facilities, among other things, as among the uh, highest areas in which they are experiencing poverty. So if this investment was, uh, you know, uh, spent in, this money was planned for, in, uh, in, 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 in upgrading sports and recreation facilities, um, the impact of that would be greater than whatever nation-building uh, objectives were sought to be achieved by this flag. The department insists that it's entrusted with the mandate to transform South Africa's heritage landscape by building monuments. Johannesburg. Right, so we're going to bring into the conversation this morning, uh, firstly, uh, Dr. Unati Anama, tourism academic at the Chwane University of Technology. Doc, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning to the listeners. L- let me just ask you for a general comment from your side around this arts and culture department project that has gone belly up. The only thing I can say, my brother, is that um, I, I don't think the, the cost of the project is not justifiable. That's all I can say, mm-hmm. sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, having said that, and, and we listened to some of the comments coming through as well, 
as a project of social cohesion and one that potentially could draw South Africans and foreign visitors at Freedom Park to this monumental flagpole, would it have been viable from a tourism point of view? Some say Paris has the Eiffel Tower. South Africa could have had the 120-meter flagpole. Um, any heritage product can attract tourists. That is without doubt. Uh, but my main issue is that we've got declining um, heritage sites that are not being properly taken care of. And considering the fiscal challenges that South Africa is facing, the project is just unjustifiable. Yeah. Unati, give us just a sense, because we, we've spoken about tourism as this gem of a generator for our GDP. Mm-hmm. What, what was it? before COVID hit? And and where are we tracking in 2022? My brother, well, before COVID hit, it was, we are mainly producing 3% of GDP uh, with second biggest, largest, second largest employer after mining, creating thousands of jobs. Then COVID hit. Hotels are closed. Restaurants are closed. Sportive activities were closed, so tourism could not exist. As the Minister of Tourism, Minister Sule, articulated uh, just on Thursday, we are now producing 1% of GDP. You know, um, so we were ne- seriously negatively affected by COVID. And the discovery of the Omicron variant in South Africa before the December market. When countries locked us out, also had a bad impact on our sector. So. Mm. I, I want to explore that a little bit further and just what the path to recovery is and the path to growth is. But just in the context, once again, of this flag project, because I think it is a metaphor for how we are supporting things that could unlock income for the country, that could build the nation, and that could, could grow not only our economy, but, but families financially. But, but you say that the tourism industry has become abused as a reliable lawyer and alibi when seeking the approval of major projects. What, what, what do you mean no. by that? Uh, I mean, look at the 2010 World Cup. A lot of projects were approved because we paraded that um, in the post-2010 legacy, tourism, this, tourism, this. For example, there was no need to build Mozambique Stadium in Denver. You know, <laughs> I mean, these are two stadiums next to each other, King's Park and Mos Medina, at a very, very much. It is a great stadium, I must admit, but the cost was just unjustifiable because we took we took long-term debt for that. You know, uh, look at Pulukwan, uh, uh, two stadiums, you know. Um, so the issue is that tourism is used as a great excuse that uh, in, in the post-legacy, tourism will be great. For example, this project, a heritage tourism is important. I don't want to disagree. Sure, sure. But people will say, but, but, but uh, the tourists will love it. The tourists will love it uh, without necessarily engaging the tourism sector. Ah. So, so, so tourism therefore becomes this abused sector because of such things. I, I'm glad you raised that issue. And it is engaging the sector that you are trying to enhance. And, and it's so sad. And let me just put it out there that we have tried to engage with the department that sits behind this fiasco, to have these discussions in one place. They, they've refused. 
So, so alas, we, we deal with the issue as we have with the flag on, on our own here. But I'm going to take a quick little break. I want to come back to these thoughts uh, as presented by Dr. Nama. Uh, we're going to bring into the conversation a very special guest who will hone in on the arts sector. And I want to hear more from you, more of your comments, please. Your SMS is on 41391. It will be charged at 1 Rand 50. For free, if you've got the airtime, your WhatsApp voice notes on 082-692-3909. And you can call us directly. You can engage with our guests this morning on 011-714-8999. Some of your messages coming through Bongani and Willowvale says, thanks for raising the matter of the 22 million Rand flag again. President Ramaphosa's cabinet has many incompetent ministers like Nati Mtetwa, goes on to say Becky Tele, Figilambalula and others. Uh, Anonymous says, our arts has more depth than displayed by the ANC. Please divorce, divorce sport from the arts. Also, the maths of the ANC, plus no intervention, is a core issue. You hit the nail on the head. Let's get back to our guests. We have already Dr. Unati Anama, tourism academic at the Tswana University of Technology. And now it is my absolute pleasure to invite into the conversation opera singer and activist Spongile Ngoma. Spongile, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning to you, Ura, and good morning to your listeners. Now, my producer tells me you have no comment on the flag issue, uh, the 22 million rand that may have been spent on this flag. So I, I simply just want to ask you, as I asked our listeners this morning, your, your impressions around leadership in a sector that you are very much an activist for. Um, <laughs> the leadership... Uh, that's a very vast question because it doesn't only speak to government, it speaks to civil society as well and the corporate world. I mean, what do the arts do for society? What do the arts do for the political spectrum? How are the arts used to, 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 to sell our uh, product, corporate um, input? And how are the arts being used as a, a, a tool to, to grow our international global footprint. So if we don't understand that and we only talk about leadership in a very microscopic way, then we are not understanding the actual role of the arts and what it is that needs to be done. So yes, uh, we do have a leadership vacuum there and that's why the arts have right. suffered the most I, during I, this lockdown. I wanted to go from the general to the specific. So, so if we can go there now. As artists in South Africa, you would have had a very specific experience around that very issue of how around an emergency, how around a pandemic, political leadership stepped to the fore to, to bring in support. What it looks like from the outside looking in is that that experience has left South Africa's artists with a bitter taste in the mouth. Yeah. Why is yeah. that? Um, look, you know, it's so easy to say if people grants, like my internet saying, let them eat cake. Mm. Uh, don't give people grants. Find out from the people what they would need on the ground to survive. You know, it's like right now you have a situation in KZN, a very dire situation of a, uh, a, a natural disaster. 
and literally instead of saying to the people you live in this province what can we do to assist your process they are told there's a billion rands that the politicians will discuss mm-hmm. how to disperse and that's exactly what happened to us during the pandemic can, can we just it wasn't a case of what do what do artists need it was a case of we will and we'll come back and tell you because your children you can't think <sighs> for yourself yeah Spongile, I, I just want to pause there and bring dr enama back into the conversation because you both have hit the same nail with a massive hammer this morning unati you you said it just before the break and, and we have things like the tourism in Daba. There are stakeholder engagements that are taking place with the tourism sector. So where is the disconnect here when you also say the same thing, that when it comes to support for the industry, it's a here's what we have, here's what we are going to do, this is how you fit in, and not the other way around, engagement before execution. Um, the, the most important thing, what I must understand is that if South Africa wants to do things good, the left hand must know what the right hand is doing. And I believe this conversation about the flag, we should have had much more greater engagement with all the stakeholders that are involved. Because it did not happen, it's important that this outrage that the department is getting is once again a reflection that we could have done things better. Mm. But I believe that this mirror, this mirror that the, 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 the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture is facing now is a lesson that we should do things far better. We should engage much more deeply, you know, because, for example, I, a lot of artists would have said, but there are already other monuments that are existing there that are under lack of support. So I believe this is a great story to tell that as a government, when you do things wrong, the public will be outraged and you'll be a listening government. You'll be forced to be a listening government. Now, Spongile, bring it back to the arts sector in South Africa. And, and what fora exist for the engagement that you are yearning for? And, and how it is being executed? Because I gather from what you're saying that it's, it's not what is ideal. Yeah. You see, the problem that we are encountering as artists in this country is we will always be told about stakeholder meetings that do not include stakeholders. Uh, There are certain earmarked uh, people, organizations, and uh, um, leaders, so-called leaders, that will, will be given a platform and they will be called stakeholders. And when you look through that, you will see that it's always people who have proximity. It's not necessarily people who are doing the work on the ground. Mm. You know, if you look in the townships and how uh, community theater spaces have been used and been created because what was built has now become community halls that are housing churches and uh, political parties. Mm, so mm. what they were built for is no longer working. So there really is no legitimate forum that one can say is right now working together with artists and government because government blocks off anything that they don't endorse. Okay. So even if we we have organizations and federations they don't recognize them because they don't endorse them so the only way to get in is to be part of whatever they are doing whether 
it speaks directly to the needs of the artist or not, yeah. it, as long as it's theirs. And that is where it, it gets a bit strange because the government is for the people, by the people. So where are the people in this equation? All right. Okay. I, I need to take a break here, but, but we're going to, to drill even deeper there immediately thereafter and get to uh, some of your comments as the listeners of The Weekend View. Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. Hello, good morning. It's not the 22 million that's not going to be spent on the flagpole. It's the feasibility study cost that has been done. I mean, a million rand or five million rand on a feasibility for a flagpole, it's utterly ridiculous. That needs to be investigated. Someone's on the take. Templar KZN. Morning, Guido. Everybody from Pretoria. Bunatim Teto is one of the ministers. Dr. Lamaposa is just keeping in the cabinet to keep the other section happy. He's useless. He failed as a police minister. I don't understand why we think. He's going to do very well in any other portfolio. Unfortunately, uh, my father is keeping him uh, as a minister to make the other faction happy. All right. So it's very obvious that there's no leadership in that department. Uh, thank you very much. On SMS, uh, Anonymous says the ANC has closed Lily's Farm and the Apartheid Museum. They say no money, but a 22 million rand flagpole generates cash for Cadiz. Thanks, Udo. Uh, is that uh, is how that message is wrapped up? And then another anonymous one says, uh, you know what? As a South African, I've never been to Robben Island, Apartheid Museum of Freedom Park. I don't like politics. I'd rather go to Kirsten Bosch Botanical Gardens in Cape Town or Cape Point, etc. Nature doesn't judge people. That's fine. It's part of our heritage, and and I think. As we begin to wrap up here, and I want to come to uh, Doc Anama first. A couple of messages ago, somebody was saying we should separate the arts from sport. We should separate, I suppose, this issue of arts, uh, heritage, and tourism. But they all sit, don't they, in the same pot in terms of the offering that we can give not only to the rest of the world, but to ourselves. And something that can generate, uh, 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 stimulate the economy. Mm, mm, mm. So how do we do that? How do we begin to take the first steps towards that? Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of separation. The only thing is that the sport must be successful, the art must be successful. You must have people who understand the art working in that department. You must have people who understand clearly sport working in that department. As long as you've got the right intellectual capital there, I don't think it would be a problem. So the, this issue of all the separation, it doesn't always work. Spongile, I, I don't know if you agree with the view of fusion as opposed to separation. And then the other issue that you raised is how do we move beyond what is seemingly, a, seemingly, if you're not one of the preferred partners for the department, from an arts point of view, you're out in the cold? Um, I, I don't believe that sports and arts, and arts should be in the same department, to be frank, mm. um, because of the, the size of both. If you look at the different codes in the different departments, you understand why. And we just don't have enough time this morning sure. to tackle that properly. Um, what I can say, however, is that 
the the fact that at some point they were brought together and then separated tells you that somebody understands the argument why they cannot be together and in terms of how we tackle the issue of um uh, getting access to the department without proximity uh, the department needs to stop uh, micromanaging the arts and that's why the department cannot have sports and arts in the same place they want to micromanage because they don't have a vision of what needs to happen. Mm. As long as you don't have a vision, you will constantly try to administrate something because you don't understand it. And uh, the sooner they understand that they don't get, they don't have enough knowledge, uh, and and separate the two and bring in experts. Don't don't deploy cadres. Mm. Employ employ experts and professionals. Then then you will have service delivery. Uh, cater deployment has proven over time that it doesn't work because people don't understand what they're dealing with. Even the minister himself has said he doesn't understand what we do. He said it to me personally. He doesn't understand what I do. He doesn't understand opera. So uh, for someone like that to be leading a department that makes decision about my work is not only uncomfortable, it's essentially criminal. Spongile Ngoma, opera singer and activist, and Dr. Unati Enama, tourism academic at the Tswani University of Technology. I thank you so much. I think it was a thought starter and, and one that in its in individual sort of directions needs its own investigation. But it's a pity. It's a real pity that we're trying to spark a process of conversation and the department responsible simply cannot provide anybody, make anybody available for the conversation. Let's wrap up with some of your thoughts before we say goodbye. Morning, Udo. This is Salim from the Red Rainy Devil. The listening president has already said that the flag will no longer be erected. So here, the listening president and the listening government has listened to the people. So you keep harping on the flag. It's water under the bridge. I think we must thank the president for listening to the people and stopping this wasteful expenditure. I would like to remain anonymous. I would not put my foot at Mandela's Robben Island so-called museum. It's been turned into a money-making scheme, and you can never tell me that those racist, poor wardens cared which was Mandela's spoon and Mandela's blanket and Mandela's teacup. Uh, the uh, cops were all mixed up and washed together. It's just a joke. Broad, varied thoughts this morning. Let's do it again next week between 6 and 7 here on The Weekend View. It's been an absolute pleasure. Have a terrific Sunday. KZN, you're in our thoughts, you're in our prayers, and you're in our efforts to keep you safe and sound. Goodbye.